0: Well, hello, welcome to Hope City Church. How are we doing? Good? Hey, uh, before I get into the message, and I'm going to do that in just a second, I was just thinking about this uh, a moment ago, and I know it's true at our Shepherdsville location as well, but I, I just, we don't, we don't brag on them enough. Can we just one time uh, give it up and say thank you to all of our worship uh, singers, musicians, everybody? I, I was just thinking about it during that. that, that uh, song that we sang there, and I've had a chance, like I say, to be at Shepherdsville and just an amazing team down there. And I think when you when you have something every week, you kind of get spoiled a little bit, you take it for granted. And we have just an amazing team that shows up early and stays late and practices and uh, just so we can experience God a little bit more. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody on the team. Just uh, just love love what's happening. My name is Jason, by the way. I'm the pastor here at the church and uh, both locations here at South Louisville at Shepherdsville. Just want to say hey. And excited to be continuing this series that we are in called Testify. Everybody say Testify. Testify. We are in this series called Testify, and we're trying to figure out how to talk about Jesus without sounding crazy. Uh, Because we do, we want to talk about Jesus. We want to talk about what God is doing in our life and our faith and the changes that are happening in our life. We want to talk about those things, but we're not really quite sure how to do it. And we we don't want to be confusing, or we don't want to be crazy, or not make any not make any sense. But how can we put words to our experiences? That's what we're trying to figure out, and we're doing it in three parts. So uh, we're we're breaking it down to try to help us build our testimony, uh, so that we can share that with people. And last week was the first part. We talked about what happened. To me, what happened to me? Past tense. That moment when I put my faith in Jesus Christ, when I believed that I needed a savior, and I put my faith and my trust in Jesus as that savior. It wasn't just a prayer that I repeated. It wasn't just a a moment when I signed up or committed to something. It was a spiritual experience in my heart that changed who I was. The Bible uses the phrase born again, that you are born again, that you don't become just a better version of who you were. You become a brand new person, and the the Holy Spirit changes your heart. So you don't just believe it intellectually with your head, like, yeah, historically there was a guy named Jesus, and historically he got... No, it's not just an intellectual thing. We don't turn our brains off. Brains count, but it's also our heart that says, no, I, I don't just believe it's true, I believe it's for me, and my hope is in that, and my trust is in that, and, and something happened to me. I was born again. I was converted. I was saved. And so last week, I gave you a template that you could use, a little sentence uh, template that you could use to help put words to what happened to you once you met Jesus Christ, put your faith in Jesus Christ. And, and here was the template that we used. In case you weren't here, uh, you can use this. And hopefully, if you're in one of our growth groups, I know so many of you are, either you have already used this with your growth group to share part of your testimony, or you will get a chance to do that. But here was our sentence. Before Jesus, I blank. Now that blank can be as long as you want it to be. We just didn't have enough space on the TV. So before Jesus, I blank. But then someone explained what Jesus did for me, and I believed it. And everything changed for me. I felt like a brand new person before I blank, but now blank, Jesus changed everything. So you fill in those gaps, you fill in those blanks, and and what you're doing is you're explaining what happened to you. And I shared uh, with you what, what my fill in the blanks would be, that before Jesus, I was a religious church kid. I was around it all the time, but... But then someone explained what Jesus did for me. And I'd heard it a thousand times before, but there was something about this time. It wasn't just a head thing, but that, that something came alive in my heart, and I believed it, and everything changed for me, and I felt like a brand new person. I really did. And before, I was only as confident as my behavior. I was terrified that I was going to upset God, or I was terrified that, you know, I was going to mess up whatever progress I had made, and that God was going to be mad at me, but now... Now I know that Jesus loves me. I know that he died for me. I know that I cannot mess up what he did for me. Jesus changed everything. That's what happened to me. That is the part of my testimony and my story that is is past tense, what happened. And So use that. I think that's a great way for you to put some words to your experience. And and next week, because we're doing this in three parts, next week we're going to talk about what will happen to me. And that's going to be fun. We're going to talk about like what's going to happen to those of us whose faith is in Jesus as our Savior. What happens to us when we die or when Jesus returns first. Uh, because that is different for those of us who our faith is in Jesus than for everyone else. So we're going to talk about that. That's the third part. But this week, we're going to move from what happened to me to what's happening to me. So what happened to me, what's happening to me, what will happen to me. That is how we're figuring out. Uh, how to share our testimony. And so this week is what's happening to me because your testimony is not just about a single moment when you were saved. It's also about what's happening to you now that you're saved. And if your faith is in Jesus, I can promise you something is happening to you. You may not know how to explain it or articulate it or put it all together, but if your faith is in Jesus as your Savior, something is happening to you. And we're going to talk about we're going to talk about that. And to to do that, to figure out what's happening to you, we've got to understand two uh, Bible words, two fancy theological Bible words. And and I I really thought about kind of going the more informal route, trying to modernize it a little bit and use some different words. But honestly, I felt like it was important that we use the words that the disciples used and that the apostles used and that Christians have been using for for thousands of years. I wanted us to use those words. I wanted you to have those words in your repertoire as a a follower of Christ. And here are the two words. The two words are justification and sanctification. Justification and sanctification. So just in case you're ever playing, you know, like Hebrew or Greek bingo buzzword or something, you're going to be set. You're going to know what these mean, okay? And let me explain them to you. Justification... Justification is when we have been justified by God. It's when we have been made right with God. We know that because of Adam and Eve and because of sin, we are born not right with God. That we, we are not in good standing with God and that there's nothing that we could ever do to get in good standing with God. That we are incapable of having a relationship with God because sin separates us From God, not just sins as in actions, but sin as in who we are. We are sinful people, right? We don't, we're not sinners because we sin, we sin because we're sinners. We say that all the time around here. And so we're born that way and we are disconnected. We cannot be made right with God and we can never make up that gap or make up the distance. But God sent Jesus. And when we put our faith in Jesus and we are saved and born again, the Bible tells us that we are justified. We are justified. By Christ, by our faith in Jesus Christ. So when when God looks at us, once our faith is in Christ as our Savior, when God looks at us, he doesn't see our sin. He doesn't see our mistakes. He doesn't count our wrongs against us because we have put our faith in Jesus. What God looks at us when he sees us, what God sees when he looks at us, is Jesus. He sees Jesus. And literally, we believe as Christians that it's Christ's blood on the cross that covers the sin so Christ doesn't see us uh, or God doesn't see us God sees what Jesus Christ did and that is us being justified the moment we believe the moment our faith is in Jesus as our savior we are justified it's a one time thing you don't have to be re-justified you don't have to get justified all over again you are justified a great way to remember what Justified means is just break down the word. Just if I had never sinned, justified had never sinned is a great way to remember what justified means. The moment your faith is in Jesus, we are what historically people would say we are justified by God. We're justified, so that's a one-time thing. But sanctification is not a one-time thing. Sanctification is a process. Sanctification is a process. It's the process. By, by which God is changing our lives, we would say historically that God is sanctifying us. We're being sanctified. God is changing us. Now, I want everybody to listen to me because this is really, really, really important, crucial, okay? God loves you exactly like you are. I mean, just like you are. The version of you that no one knows about, like the worst version of you, that nobody knows about, only you know about, the worst thing you've ever done, you've never told anybody, the lowest moment you've ever had that you've never told anybody, that version of you, God loves that version. He loves you just like you are. He saved you and sent Jesus to die for you just like you are at your worst, but he loves you too much to let you stay the way that you are. Way too much to let you stay the way that you are. And so sanctification is how he changes you from who you are to who you were always meant to be, to who Christ created you to be. And so when you put your faith in Jesus as your Savior, you invite him in. And and it's like you were a bachelor, but then you invited in your new wife, and he just started moving around all the furniture, right? That's what starts happening is he starts moving around all the furniture in In your life and day by day and hour by hour, he is working on you. God is working on you to make you more like the person that he created you to be. Loves you just like you are. Loves you too much to let you stay like you are. Does that make sense to everybody? And so that's sanctification. Justification is when God makes us right with him because we believe in Jesus. That happens the moment we believe Sanctification is an ongoing day-by-day, minute-by-minute, second-by-second process where, where, where God is making us into the person that he created us to be and making us to be more like Jesus. Justified the moment we put our faith in Jesus, sanctified for the rest of our life. Christ is working on us. And for most of us who are following Jesus, I think we would talk about the way that, our lives are changing in in, in predominantly probably two ways. I think one one group of people would say, uh, I'm not really, I don't really feel like I'm changing. I want to change. There's all kinds of things about my life that I wish God would change, but I don't feel as if I'm changing. I still feel like the person that I was before Jesus. I'm trying, I'm working on it, but it's not getting any better. I think... There's a category of people listening to me that you would say, yeah, that's, that's me. But then I think there's another group of people that would say, yeah, I'm changing. I'm totally changing. I, I, can, I know that I'm changing, but I don't really know how to describe it. I don't really know how to talk about it. I, I, I have friends that I used to like to hang out with, but now, if I'm just being honest, when I hang out with them, like I, I, don't, I don't enjoy it the way that I used to enjoy it. I have things that I used to do, and they used to be so fun. And now when I do them, like, they're just not as fun anymore. Places I used to go. Dreams I used to have for my life that I I really thought this was the dream for my life. But since I've started following Jesus, I don't know that that's what I want for my life anymore. I definitely am changing. I just don't know how to describe it. Well, to figure out how to do that, we're going to read a few verses from the New Testament. Whether you feel like you should be changing, but you're not, or you feel like you are changing, but you don't know how to talk about it, we're going to look at a New Testament book of Galatians. If you have a sermon guide, you can grab that. There's some page numbers on there for you, a Bible around you, somewhere either in your seat or underneath the seat in front of you. We're going to read from Galatians, and and Galatians is the perfect book to talk about what's happening to us, Uh, It's the perfect book to look for answers because the Apostle Paul's writing to to new Christians 15 to 20 years after Jesus is resurrected, and and here's what he's going to tell them, all right? The Apostle Paul's going to tell them that the good news message of Jesus, the gospel message of Jesus doesn't just save you, it changes you. The gospel good news message of Christ doesn't just save you, it changes you. And he's going to tell them that you don't just need the gospel one time. You need it every day of your life. And sometimes we can think that it's only lost people, like we used to be, that need the gospel message. But Paul says, no, you need the gospel message every day of your life. The gospel doesn't just save you, it, it changes you. Now here's what's happening to these, to these new Christians in Galatians, and it's what happens to us and has happened to Christians ever since. We believe that we're saved by grace. Thank you, God, I can't take any credit for that. I'm saved by grace. That's free, but then we start believing that it's our responsibility to change our life. So so God saved me, now I need to earn it. I need to show God I can get it together. That I was worth it. I need. To, I want God to be proud of me. And Paul is like, no, 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 no. That's not the Christian life. That's not the gospel message. That that it's by the grace of God that you are saved. And Paul says it's by the grace of God that you change into the person that you were always meant to be. Yes. You're going to change your life, but not to prove anything to God or to anyone else. You're going to change because Christ in you will change you. Does that make sense? I would say it like this: This is what we're. This is what Paul's going to say to the Galatians and say to us: Is you don't change to prove you're a Christian, but change is proof that you're a Christian. Are you with me? If you don't change to prove you're a Christian. You got to prove anything to God. You don't go and take control of your life to validate what has happened. You don't change to prove you're a Christian, but change is proof that you're a Christian. So Paul's going to explain that to the Galatians. Now, Galatians is six chapters, and I would encourage you to go home and to read all of it. You can read it in one sitting or maybe, you know, a chapter a day for a week or something. It's probably my favorite New Testament book. you got the Gospels and the New Testament letters. It's probably my favorite because it is this reminder that we need that God doesn't just save you. God lives in you. God changes you. Stop trying to take control of your life. Stop, don't let God save you and then take your life back from God. Let him have your life. It's an amazing letter. We don't have time to read all of it, obviously. We're just going to read a few verses. But look over in chapter 2, Galatians chapter 2, if you still have that Bible out. Galatians chapter 2. And Paul's going to explain this to the Galatians. And let's start at verse 16. Verse 16. Chapter 2, verse 16, here's what Paul says. He says, Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law, for no one will, be ever, uh, will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. Now, here's what I want us to do. We're going to go back and read verse 16 again, but we're going to do a little word substitution. And everywhere where it says obeying the law or the law, we're going to replace it with willpower and discipline. Willpower and discipline. The people who were reading this letter knew exactly what Paul meant by the law, but we kind of get confused about the law. So we're going to replace it with willpower and discipline. And let's read it again, and this is what it says. It says, and we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by willpower and discipline. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because our faith in Christ, not because we have willpower and discipline. For no one will ever be made right with God by willpower and discipline. This is justification. Remember, we said that we are justified by God when we believe that Jesus is the Savior that we need. We are made right with God. This happened to us because we had faith in Jesus, not because of willpower and discipline, not because we got it together, not because we figured out a system to to clean up or to get it together or to get right. It's because of faith in Christ That we have been made right with God. But Paul doesn't stop there. That's the justification part. Look down at verse 20. Paul says this, Galatians 2.20. He says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is the sanctification part. Paul says, once you believe that Jesus is your Savior, your old life has died. And you say, well, I don't, it doesn't really feel like my old life has died. It has died, but it's died like a car battery. And sometimes the devil gets some jumper cables, and he kicks it back on for a little bit, right? But it's dead. Your old life has died. Christ now lives in you. And Paul wants the Galatians to know, and he wants you and me to know, you have got to trust in that. You've got to trust in that. You've got to trust that your old life has died and that Christ lives in you. Sadly, for most of us, that's not what we trust in after we get saved. We trust in Jesus to save us, but then we trust in ourselves to change. We trust in ourselves to get our lives together, to prove that we're saved, to prove that we're worth something to God, but it just never ends well. That once you trust in yourself to change, it can only end in one of two ways, pride or misery, that's it. Because if you happen to actually be a really disciplined person who can get it together, then you get prideful and think that you're better than everybody else who can't get it together. But if you try to take tr- or trust in yourself and try to take control of changing your life, then, and you don't, then you feel miserable and you think, well, see, I, I never, God never should have saved me, or I'm not worthy, or he's mad at me. Misery or pride. That's how it always ends up. And Paul says... Christians live a different way. Christians live a different way than everybody else. You go to the bookstore, you're going to see 50 shelves about self-help. Christians say, self-help doesn't work for me because I can't help myself. Christians live a different way. Now, when I say Christians live a different way, depending on how you were raised, maybe you think that means Christians, uh, you know, can't do certain things, say certain things, vote certain ways, I told our Shepherdsville campus a couple of weeks ago I was down there preaching that for me growing up like one of the ways one of the things Christians couldn't do was listen to Aerosmith. I loved Aerosmith. You know what I mean? So like so I would say like, oh yeah. And then I would go home and find my Aerosmith CDs and listen to it. And then they said they took it to a whole nother level. They said, You can't listen to Boys to Men. And I'm like, we gotta draw a line somewhere. You can't listen to Boys to Men. I mean, you know, like come on. You know, and, and so there was all these man-made rules. They say no. Christians don't do that. Christians don't do that. Christians don't do that. But that's not what Paul means when he says that Christians live a different way. Paul means that Christians are different than everyone else because they don't trust in themselves to live their life, they trust in Jesus Christ. In case you're ever wondering what's the difference between a Christian person and a really morally good person, that's your answer. That a Christian person, we're not just judging the actions of people, we're judging in where our trust and our faith and our hope is. And for a Christian, our trust and our faith and our hope is in Jesus Christ. That's what he said in verse 20. He said, "I live. Uh, Christ lives in me, so I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God of God. I'm not trusting in myself, I'm trusting in Jesus. To which maybe you say, "Okay, I'm in on that, but I don't even, how do I do that? How do I tr- how do I live trusting in the son of God?" You do it the same way that you were saved. The gospel message that you believed in order to be saved was, "I'm a sinner who needs a savior." And God loves me so much that he sent Jesus to save me. That's what we trusted in order to become a Christian. And Paul says, yeah, trust that to live. So tomorrow when you're struggling or you're giving in to temptation or you're acting like your old self or you're afraid, don't trust in yourself. Don't tell yourself, get it together, do better, what's wrong with you. Trust in the same gospel that saved you to help you live. Tuesday, you're struggling. You can't get it together. Remember and trust in the fact that you are a sinner who needs a Savior. And God loved you so much that he sent Jesus to save you. Paul says, trust that. That's what he's telling us in Galatians 2.20. And and ironically enough, Galatians 2.20 makes the most sense if you read it in reverse, which is not true for most Bible verses, but for Galatians 2.20, it's actually really easy to understand if you read it in reverse. And this is what it says if you read it in uh, in reverse. It says um, that Jesus loves you and gave himself for you. Trust that. Now go live. Christ is in you. You're not who you used to be anymore. That's what Galatians 2.20 says just in reverse, that Jesus loved you and gave himself for you, you've gotta trust that and go live because Christ is in you and you're not who you used to be anymore. And when you start trusting that message to live, something begins to happen in your life. Something begins to change in your life. And I want to read just two more verses to you. It's Galatians chapter 5. Just flip over maybe one page. Galatians chapter 5, verses 5 and 6. Just two more verses. Paul's continuing this idea that it's not just the gospel that saves me. It's the gospel that changes me. And he says in verse 5 and 6, verses 5 and 6, he says, but we, talking about everyone who has believed that Jesus is their Savior, he says, but we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith The righteousness God has promised to us, that's the justification. Verse 6, for when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. Now, wait a second, what does that mean? Well, this was the hot topic of the time. It's not the hot topic of our time, but for, for the Christians back then, this was the big debate. Can you be a Christian and be uncircumcised? Can you be a Christian and not be Jewish? This was the big debate. Thankfully, that's not the debate we're having anymore. But Paul is saying to them, listen, when you put your faith in Jesus, what's not important is whether or not you listen to Aerosmith or not. When you put your faith in Jesus, what's not important is what movies you see or what movies you don't see. Or what words you say or what words you don't say, you say, wait a second, Jason, you're serious? Well, if that's not important, what is most important? Great question. He says it's not about being circumcised or uncircumcised, right? Verse 6, what is important, he's going to tell us, it's not Aerosmith, what is important is faith expressing itself. Faith expressing itself in love. See, once someone puts their faith in Jesus as their Savior, what's most important is the ways that faith is expressing itself. The way that your faith in Jesus Christ is coming out of you from the inside of you. You cannot put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and not begin to express that faith in some way. You can't keep a faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior on the inside of you. You can't have a faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and be the same person that you used to be. That a true faith in Jesus Christ has to express itself. And Paul says, listen, I don't want to debate with you about whether or not, you know, you eat at Hooters, okay? I don't want to debate with you about whether or not you listen to that band, or you go to that place, or you wear that outfit, or you post that on social media. I'm not wanting to debate about any of that stuff. Here's what I want to know. Is faith expressing itself in your life? Is faith... Is that faith that you have in Jesus coming out and showing itself in any way. This is what begins to happen when you put your faith in Jesus. It begins to express itself. So why are you less angry now than you used to be? Because you say, man, I used to be a really angry person. And like, I still got some times where it pops in there. But... I'm just not as angry as, he, as I used to be. You know why? It's not because of breathing techniques. It's faith expressing itself. Why are you less tempted to watch things or to go places that are bad for you? Faith is expressing itself. Why are you able to forgive people who hurt you now when before you couldn't let it go? Faith is expressing Itself. It's coming out of you. The gospel message that saves you is the gospel message that is changing you. And you can't believe that Christ loved himself and gave himself for you and lives in you and is changing you. And not begin to be different than you were before you had that faith. Can't do it. But here's what we do. Because the point of this series is to figure out how to talk about what God is doing and how to share that testimony and how to testify. And we have these opportunities when people begin to see the way that faith is expressing itself in our life, but we miss the opportunity to tell them. So somebody at your job says, Man, I don't know how you stayed calm with that customer because they were a jerk. Here's what we don't say because there's an opportunity. Open window right there. Faith just expressed itself because we didn't go off on that jerk of a customer when we totally would have gone off before Jesus. We don't say, you know what? Honestly, I probably wouldn't have a few years ago, but Jesus has really been changing me and helping me be more patient. We say, well, it's not really that big a deal. I don't know. Missed opportunity. Or or maybe one of your friends says, man, I'm so jealous of the marriage that you have because me and my spouse have really been struggling, and I, I really don't know how you do it. Opportunity. Don't have to sound crazy. They just told me they admired a way in my life that my faith was expressing itself through the marriage that God has blessed me with. Here's what we don't say. Man, thank you so much for that, but honestly, the only reason that we have the marriage we have is because Jesus has really been changing my life and helping me to be more patient and loving when really I kind of want to be angry. And it used to not be like that, but we really work hard to put Jesus at the center of our relationship, and that's really what makes all the difference. We don't say that. We say, oh, well, I married a good one. Missed opportunity. Maybe somebody says, I just, man, you're so happy all the time. I just feel like you have so much joy. Opportunity. Faith is expressing itself. Someone is noticing how the faith that we have in Jesus as our Savior is coming out of us and making us different than we used to be. Opportunity. We don't say, you know what, it used to not be that way. But honestly, Jesus has really been changing my life. And I really appreciate you saying that because I do feel like I have more joy now than I've ever had before. I do feel like life is it is better now than it's ever been before. It's really just because Jesus is a part of my life now and he's really been changing me. We say, like, oh, I don't know, I've just always been a happy go lucky person. Missed opportunity. When faith begins to express itself, the greatest way to explain what is happening to you is very simple Jesus is changing my life. Now, you could go the I'm being sanctified route if you want to. But really what you're saying is Jesus is changing my life. Are you getting this? You understand what I'm saying? You don't change to prove you're a Christian, but change is proof that you're a Christian. And so faith expresses itself. And we recognize that it's not a trust in ourself or our ability or our system or our organizational skills or our breathing techniques or our counselor. God can use all of those things, but it's not trust in ourself that changes our life. It's a trust in the same gospel message that saved us, that is also changing us. So I want to give you another sentence I gave you one of these last week. This one's a little bit shorter, but I want to give you another little template that you can use to put some language to how to explain what's happening to you now that you have a faith in Jesus and it's on your sermon guide. But here's the sentence. Since I've started following Jesus, my life is different. I used to blank, take as long as you need, but now I blank And I know it's because Jesus is changing my life. Maybe you would say, since I've started following Jesus, my life is different. I used to be such an angry person. Had a lot of bad things happen to me in my life. And that just all kind of built up. And I was such an angry person. But now, I have joy. I have joy. I went from anger to joy. Not overnight, but step by step, day by day, minute by minute, hour by hour, Jesus is changing my life. Maybe you would say, I used to be addicted to drugs, but now I'm able to say no when everything inside of me wants to give in. Maybe you would say, I used to hate a lot of people, but now I have a softer, more loving heart. Maybe you would say, I used to fear every possible worst-case scenario, but now, day by day, minute by minute, hour by hour, not overnight, but Christ is sanctifying me, and I am learning to trust and leave outcomes to God. You wake up tomorrow, and you trust in Jesus, not just to save you, but to help you live. And you remember that Christ gave himself for you and Christ loved you and he lives in you and he is changing you into someone completely different than you used to be. So everybody listen to me. Your testimony is not you go to church. It's not your testimony. Because there are lots of people and there are some of us here today, we go to church, but we can't say this. We can't finish this first sentence that my life is different because we're still trusting in ourselves. We're not trusting in the gospel message that I'm more sinful than I ever thought I was, but God is more gracious and loving than I ever knew that he was. So I wanna encourage you as you're talking to people who are noticing the way that faith is expressing itself in your life, don't say, Oh, yeah, you know, I'm really more joyful because I've been going to church. Oh, you know what? I'm able to stay calm with jerk customers because I've been going to church. Well, you know what? My spouse and I are doing better because we've been going to church. Because the people around you know a thousand people who go to church. And a lot of them aren't the real deal. When someone wants to know how faith is expressing itself in your life, the answer is Jesus is really changing my life. Jesus is changing my life. Let's pray. God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that when we had no way to get to you and to have a relationship with you and to be made right with you, you loved us so much that you sent Jesus to make a way. And so God, I pray that you would help us not to trust in ourselves, not to trust in willpower or discipline, not to believe that it's our responsibility to become acceptable for you, but God, that we would trust in Jesus to save us and to sanctify us, and to make us more like the person that you created us to be. God, I pray right now in this moment for any person who is listening to my voice that the Holy Spirit, if they are hearing these words and they would say, I, I don't feel any different. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would, would challenge us and convict us to, 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 to answer, like, are we really trusting in you and trusting in Jesus and trusting in the cross or are we trusting in ourselves? and adding church and religion to a long list of strategies to be better. God, if we cannot honestly say to ourselves that we are becoming different because of our faith in you, then I pray that today you would do a new thing in our life and, and help us to maybe for the first time truly put our faith in In Jesus Christ as our Savior. It's in his name, Jesus' name that we pray because he gives us a way to talk to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.